0: Dr. Baliga here. This podcast is on neutropenic fever. It's from an outstanding chapter titled Emergencies in Hematology and Oncology in Baliger's Textbook of Internal Medicine, available at www.mastermedfacts.com. The chapter is authored by Dr. Eric Engelman, MD, consultant hematologist oncologist in Dubuque, Iowa, and Dr. Thor, Haftenerson, MD, Professor of Oncology at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota. Neutropenic fever. Definition, neutropenia is defined as an absolute neutrophil count of less than 500 per cubic millimeter, where the absolute neutrophil count is the number of polymorphonuclear leukocytes plus bands, An absolute neutrophil count less than hundred cells per cubic millimeter is termed as profound neutropenia. Fever in neutropenic patient is defined as a single oral temperature of thirty eight point three, or one hundred and one degree Fahrenheit, or a temperature of thirty eight degrees centigrade or more that is hundred point four, sustained over an hour. Pathophysiology, bone marrow suppression most commonly from chemotherapy, results in a decrease of white blood cell count, most notably neutrophils, leading to an increased risk of infectious complications. Now, the more prolonged and profound the neutropenia is, the higher the risk of infection. The risk is further increased by the presence of mucosal damage from the therapy and the frequent use of indwelling venous lines. Principal causes. The most common cause of neutropenia is cytotoxic chemotherapy, especially in patients with hematologic malignancies. Patients with leukemia and myelodysplastic syndromes can present with severe neutropenia in the absence of antecedent chemotherapy. Microbiology. Most patients with neutropenic fever will not have a documented infection with positive cultures. Bacteremia is confirmed in only 25%. The most common bacteria isolated from patients with neutropenic fever are gram-negative enteric rods and gram-positive cocci. Fungi may cause fever in neutropenic patients, especially after prolonged neutropenia and previous antibiotic use keys to history the key feature of the history is the presence of an underlying malignancy and the temporal association with chemotherapy most patients receiving chemotherapy in weeks prior to the presentation although fever is a key symptom many patients also report localizing sign often from the airways or skin Patients should be asked if they received antibiotic therapy to prevent infections from gram-negative bacteria at such therapy may predict gram-positive bacteria as the cause of the current infectious episode. Physical examination. A thorough physical examination is mandatory in all patients. The oral cavity should be carefully examined for the presence of mucosal lesions or periodontal disease. and All sites of indwelling venous catheters should be carefully inspected and palpated for erythema, tenderness, or purulence. The perianal area should be inspected and palpated gently to exclude a perianal abscess or cellulitis. Digital rectal examination is discouraged. The mental status should be assessed carefully as infections of the central nervous system may present with subtle and nonspecific symptoms such as confusion. Given the absence of neutrophils and blunted inflammatory response in neutropenic patients, infections may present in an unusual fashion without purulence or profound inflammation. Helpful diagnostic test, a complete hemogram with differential count, and microscopic examination of blood smear confirms the diagnosis of neutropenia. The renal and liver function should be assessed. At least two sets of blood cultures should be drawn before any antibiotics are administered. And in the presence of an indwelling central venous catheter, cultures should be drawn from each lumen as well as one peripheral vein. In patients without a central catheter, two peripheral venous blood cultures are recommended. Culture specimens should be obtained from all sites of suspected infection, and a chest x-ray done for all patients with respiratory symptoms or signs. Stool cultures and C. diff toxin assay should be reserved for patients with diarrhea. A urine analysis is indicated in all patients But patients with neutropenia may not have any pyuria. Urine culture should be obtained in all patients with abnormal urine analysis, and if there is a suspicion for a urinary infection. Patients suspected of meningitis should have a lumbar puncture, but those with coexisting thrombocytopenia, that is, platelet count less than fifty thousand per microliter, should be transfused with platelets prior to the lumbar puncture. Profoundly neutropenic patients may have bacterial meningitis in the absence of white blood cell count in the cerebrospinal fluid that is the CSF. Skin lesions and any parallel damage such as from line insertion sites should be cultured. Differential diagnosis, other febrile illnesses in the absence of neutropenia. Complications, untreated neutropenic fever may result in death or permanent and severe morbidity. Prompt recognition and therapy is of paramount importance. Natural history and prognosis, most patients when appropriately and promptly treated recover from the febrile illness. The overall prognosis is largely determined by the underlying malignancy. Treatment, once a diagnosis of febrile neutropenia has been made, the patient's risk should be assessed using the MACC scoring system. MACC is the multinational association for supportive care in cancer. The patient's risk can be used to determine whether admission is indicated. Patients with the MASCC score less than 21 should be considered to have high risk. The MASCC is characterized by weighting of different characteristics. The weights of 5 are given to burden of febrile neutropenia with no or mild symptoms. No hypertension that is systolic blood pressure greater than 90 mercury is given a weight of 5 also. No COPD is given a weight of 4. Solid tumor or hematologic malignancy with no previous fungal infection is given a weight of 4. No dehydration requiring parenteral fluids is given a weight of 3. Burden of febrile neutropenia with moderate symptoms is given a weight of 3. Outpatient status is given a weight of 3. An age less than 60 years is given a weight of 2. The burden of febrile neutropenia refers to the general clinic status of the patient as influenced by the febrile neutropenic episode. It should be evaluated on the following scale. No or mild symptoms is given a score of 5. Moderate symptoms is given a score of 3. Or severe symptoms or moribund condition is given a score of 0. Scores of 3 and 5 are not cumulative. The maximum risk score is 26. A risk score equal to or greater than 21 indicates low risk, whereas a score of less than 21 indicates high risk. Those with prolonged and profound neutropenia and significant comorbidities, including renal or hepatic insufficiency, hypotension, severe mucositis, pneumonia, changes in mental status or abdominal pain should be considered to be of high risk and admitted. Patient with high-risk febrile neutropenia should be started on empiric antibiotic therapy without delay but not before the necessary specimens have been obtained for cultures. Low-risk patients that is an MASCC score equal to greater than 21 without comorbidities may be considered for outpatient therapy with oral antibiotics provided they have a reliable access to prompt medical care a caregiver and a mode of transportation to the hospital if needed. The optimal outpatient antibiotic regimen remains undefined, but the combination of amoxicillin, clavulinate and ciprofloxacin has been studied and found to be effective. The current guidelines issued by the Infectious Disease Society of America IDSA, for management of neutrophilic Fever recommends initial monotherapy with an anti pseudomonal beta lactam antibiotic such as kefapim, a carbapenem, or piperacillin tazobactam combination. In patients where there is considerable risk of an infection by a gram positive organism, the coverage should be broadened to include an antibiotic with reliable activity against such bacteria. Patients with severe symptoms such as hypotension or where there is a documented infection such as pneumonia, catheter related infection or skin infection should be considered for additional gram positive coverage. It is very important to have good knowledge of the antibiotic resistance patterns in the community or the hospital where patients are seen. If the patient is suspected of having an infection with the methicillin resistant Staph aureus, MRSA, an early addition of vancomycin, a linozolid should be considered. Myeloid growth factor use in patients with established febrile neutropenia may shorten hospital stay and hasten neutrophil recovery, but the effects of mortality and morbidity are unproven. In general, growth factors are more useful in preventing rather than treatment of established neutropenia. Indications for the addition of gram-positive antibiotic to the initial empiric regimen A. Hemodynamic instability or other evidence of severe sepsis B. Pneumonia documented radiographically C. Positive blood culture for gram-positive bacteria D. Clinically suspected serious catheter related infection. E. Skin or soft tissue infection at any site. F. Colonization of MRSA, vancomycin resistant enterococcus, or penicillin resistant staph strep pneumoniae. F. Severe mucositis. G. In cases where fluoroquinolin prophylaxis should be used before the occurrence of febrile neutropenia. Multiple choice question. A 61-year-old female undergoing dose-dense adjuvant chemotherapy for invasive breast cancer presents to the office with chills and fever of 39.5 degrees centigrade. On examination, she is not acutely ill, but tachycardic with a heart rate of 114 and respirations of 22 per minute. Her blood pressure is 102 by 66. She has a palpable infusion venous port that has mild overlying erythema at the puncture site and a minute amount of purulent material can be expressed from the puncture site. The examination is otherwise unremarkable. A complete blood count reveals a leukocyte count of 0.9 x nine per litre, platelet count of 92,000 and a hemoglobin of 9.9 grams per deciliter. The absolute neutrophil count is less than 0.2 into 10 to the power 9 per liter, less than 200. Her renal function is normal. Immediate therapy with kefapim has begun in the office while waiting for a bed on the inpatient unit. Which of the following is an indication for the addition of vancomycin to kefapim? A. A prior history of gram-negative sepsis. Presence of bacteria, urea, and pyuria. C. Chronic insufficiency. D. Diarrhea that developed over the past 24 hours. E. Infection of an infected port. And the answer is 7. E. Infection due to an infected port. This patient has neutropenic fever and also has clinical evidence of an infected venous port. In addition to broad spectrum gram-negative coverage in this patient, a coverage for gram-positive bacteria is also recommended given the clinical evidence of an infected port. Situations that should prompt consideration of gram-positive coverage include hemodynamic stability or other evidence of severe sepsis, radiographically documented pneumonia, positive blood culture for gram-positive bacteria, clinically suspected catheter-related infection, Skin or soft tissue infection at any site. Severe mucositis. Previous use of prophylactic fluoroquinolones before the occurrence of febrile neutropenia. This podcast is derived from an outstanding chapter titled Emergencies in Hematology and Oncology in Baliger's textbook of internal medicine. Available at www.mastermedfacts.com. This chapter is authored by Dr. Eric Engelman, M.D., consultant right. hematologist and oncologist in Dubuque, Iowa, and Dr. Thor Hafdenerson M.D., professor of oncology at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota.